0: Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Surreal Global Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by FBL Chef, You'll Never Walk Alone Blockchain, and myself, Hybe Index. Some of you might be thinking, wait a minute, it was just yourself and Chef initially. Well, after our fantastic appearance last week from Mark, You'll Never Walk Alone, we've decided the community needs more of that. So delighted to announce that this won't be a one-off. We'll never lock, walk alone. will be joining us on an ongoing basis, which I'm, I'm really pleased about because he brings out a wealth of knowledge, experience, and some alternative um, viewpoints to this podcast. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a good collaboration, I think. So this week, we're going to be focusing on how we've all got on in Game Week 106. We're going to preview the upcoming Game Week 107. We're going to discuss what's, I think, really exciting, upcoming Surrey Managers World Cup so this is a community-led activity I think we'll, we'll go into that in some detail but that's going to get a, a bit of excitement I know we're, we're already in different teams aren't we guys and then as always we're going to field questions from other Surrey Managers
1: So with much further ado chaps I think we'll take a look at our scores for the last game week in game week one Um I don't know about you two but man was man was pretty man great uh, I had a, a whole scorer did not play uh, as rotation hit me in the J League and COVID hit me in the MLS. So I was nowhere near in any divisions. I, I had quite a few did not plays. So how about you guys?
2: Well, I don't think anybody really wants to hear about my results today. So uh, first of all, I just want to say, yeah, thanks to you guys for uh, yeah, inviting me back. And uh, it was really, really great to hear all the uh, uh, the feedback and uh, yeah happy to uh lend a voice uh, as this grows and expands and we get more uh, people listening in and uh, yeah let's let's uh, take it from strength to strength uh result wise look I can't complain if the results stand as they are in the provisionals of uh one all star division 1 2 and 3 as it stands at the moment i think fingers crossed uh, there'll be no adjustments on division 3 that was really close But looking at some of the other results, I think uh, a couple of teams that are really worthy of a mention. I've seen Reedy uh, make some real shrewd acquisitions in the unique market. He's picked up a card off me. He's picked up a card off Sorrell. He's picked up a card off Max. He already picked up a really good card in uh, Atara Osaka in the J-League. And he's also added another cheeky uh, unique goalkeeper, one that actually plays in the J-League as well. And he's absolutely cleaned up. He smashed um, Asia Division One. I think that's his first week where he's put five uniques out together. Uh, over 14,000 points. Fortunately, my Division One team wasn't competing with his. We, <laughs> If we both competed together, it would have been a different story. But, you know, amazing position. He's uh, yeah, very well deserved. And then looking at uh, the under-23s, Division Fours, a new badge and a new name. I don't know this particular manager, but uh, Alco FC, if you're listening. I think, again, cracking result. 2,600 points in a... Uh, Division four with under 23s, as you said, there, Chef, with, you know, DMPs and COVID hitting. He's got five players. His captain scored 82 points. Uh, yeah, very well deserved under 23 victory in division four there as well. So, yeah, some familiar faces spread across the leaderboard. I think that's to be expected when the game was predominantly, uh, it was only Japanese teams and American teams this week. But uh, yeah, so, so, some 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 worthy winners by the looks of it
0: looks like we have to keep an eye over our shoulders on some of these guys i think it's good to see new users coming in and initially making some progress there in in the tournaments for for me i need to focus on on these divisions a a lot more than the american and asian leagues so i came 98th in division four champion america and 190th in the champion asia division four not great results i don't have a a great collection for these so I'm going to have to maybe speak to some of these newer users who have who've picked these leagues up very quickly
1: so now that's uh, 106 done with let's take a look at 107 um, it's much of the same really isn't it it's MLS and J League again I, I've got a few decent shouts I reckon if my players play uh, I'll be loading up for Division 4 and 3's Uh what are you two? What are your two's plans?
0: So I think I'm in probably in the same boat. I'm going to have to enter the, the same play. I've not, I've not got a great number of options in these leagues, so I'm probably going to end up in this, the same lineups that I have this weekend and maybe not getting anything back there unless I take a plunge and, and really you know, redevelop those squads. I don't think that's going to happen this game week. it's not. The, the way i'm building up my collection i, I will do over time so i'm not going to just buy up a, a lot of these players because I, I don't have the knowledge on them first and foremost so i need to spend a, a bit of time doing that research and um, i'm happy to, to look at the, the data points and using our data to actually see who the, the better options are but i'd like to get to, to know the league structures how, how teams are performing and do a bit more research there so never really looked at these leagues in the past, and I suppose now I'm getting that exposure to them. I'm slowly picking up names of who's doing well. So I was watching Brendan and the other day there, some silky plays from midfield helping his team get a goal. So he's a player I do own, but building up that knowledge like I have, in the European leagues, is, is probably going to be my next three to to six months there. there there's not a massive rush for me to, to start competing there. Cause I'm I'm quite comfortable in the, in the Euro side of things. I get the the enjoyment there, but yeah, definitely need to. It would be nice to to start winning prizes on this side as well. What about you guys?
1: I think people have just got to be a bit have got to be man for the MLS fixtures because quite a few of them was called off because of COVID. Um, none have been postponed as yet. I've just had a little check um, from what I can see, but just keep an eye on it is my, is my advice. Leave your MLS side of your team still as lit as possible.
2: No, it... no, no. Get, get your MLS teams out there. Really pad them out. Look for those teams that have had loads of COVID problems. Just stuff your teams full of those and <laughs> allow, allow others that are focusing purely on the Japanese players to, uh, pass you by. I mean, look, you you carry on filling your boots for those MLS boys. Uh, I'm probably going to, my, my teams will pick themselves this week. I sold a few guys uh, during the manager's power hour, which is really good, and uh, so I've got less options to select from. Oh, I think I've probably still only got one or two MLS players. Um, but I'm, not, I'm going into this week with very low expectations. I had a cracking week in 106, and I'll take 107 as an absolute free roll. Uh, I would expect to see some players getting rotated. I mean, I can't see Iniesta keep playing and playing and playing. He came back off an injury. He's played six or seven games on the spin. At some point, they're probably going to have to rest him. At some point, Alunga won't score. So, you know, my teams will probably look quite similar, but I would expect that the outcome will be also very different. And, uh, yeah, I think there's enough people out there now with really strong Asian-looking teams. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, if you asked me, I would say that on a week like this, I would expect MLS teams to dominate, no matter, you know, about the COVID or not. But I think there are some real standout players in the J League now that uh, I think can compete with the uh, the MLS equivalents. So I, I I like to look at the scoreboards afterwards and see, you know, which teams came out on top, of course. But if, are those teams predominantly made up of Japanese players? Or are those uh, teams predominantly made up of uh, Players from the MLS, but I think yeah, it's the same identical game week to the one we've just played, so uh, I, I can see some, some very similar lineups, and let's see if the scores are same or different.
0: Yeah, definitely. You mentioned there um, the power hour, the the unofficial power hour that you, you done on Saturday night. How did that go?
2: Yeah, it was it was good. Um, I mean, I didn't have really any expectations as to, to how it would play out. Um, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I think you know, I, th- I think and believe that the pricing I, I had players put up for was uh, attractive. Um, I had some inquiries after the power hour itself, and I think over half the cards uh, were sold. Um, I know you picked up a few yourself, and uh, I've got to know some new managers off the back of it as well. So I think as a concept, I think it can work. We are now in discussions about putting together one for next weekend um, with cards from three or four different managers where our dot jot will host on his stream and I will play the role of auctioneer so it won't be my cards up for sale this week, I will be happy to act on behalf of other managers and we will go through the same process and again we will see if we can prove if the concept works again and if it does we can make these things bigger, we can make these things more frequent, and maybe we can provide uh, a viable alternative for managers that uh, want to get a different way of exposing their cars on the secondary market.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And you mentioned I I picked up a few from you. So I managed to, I wasn't intending to to actually buy five new super, shiny super rares um, on Saturday night, but the, the prices were attractive to me and I could see, how how these guys add additional level of utility to to my collection, so potentially allows me to to get more division three and potentially even a division two entry on the go now um, depending on on form and depending on on these guys getting the, the minutes but yeah i've I've added a a decent part to my collection there, so I think'm looking forward to the next one not sure if I've got much more money to be adding there but'm I'm, I'm sure um, other new managers will will be able to pick up decent cards at decent prices
2: well that was the main objective uh, it was really just to uh, try and give an alternative to going through the the manager market on the website itself you know yeah, there's a bit of you know yeah you can you can have a platform to explain a little bit more about the card, the history of the card. You can field questions. You know, it wasn't just a case of, here's a card, do you want to buy it? Yes or no. People were asking questions on the stream. And, you know, hopefully, as I say, it would give people more confidence than perhaps buying without having a voice or without having, you know, a backup or, you know, an opinion from someone else.
0: That's it. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. And the, the discussion in the chat on the channel was good. So there's what... 25, 30 managers all, all chatting there, all putting in, in bids. Uh, a good bit of banter along the way as well. So that's all, always fun. It just adds to the game, doesn't it? And gives a, another side to things.
2: Yeah, and I think there was people there for lots of different reasons as well. There was clearly people there that were buying their first few cards or, or venturing into the secondary market for the first time. And then older heads like yourself that have already got an established collection, but were looking at picking up bits too, to complement that as well. So it was nice to have managers there from you know different uh, uh, yeah, different backgrounds.
0: Definitely. And I, I like the approach of allowing certain cards to be prioritized for the, the brand new users, those who, who only had a, a limited collection. So there was a few there that were quite attractive to me, but I was happy to see them going to a new manager because that means that there's they're going to get more enjoyment out of it. They're going to be more competitive going forward and they're they're more likely to build up their collection over the, the next couple of years. So, yeah, that was good to see. And I think we should probably look at making that something, a feature of future auctions like this. Maybe not, but that, that's certainly my view. It'd be good for, for new managers to know there's a chance that they can compete because there are some some users on the platform that have quite deep pockets, and I, I think you, you get comments like that on, on the timeline from from time to time about how how can you compete with these guys. Well, this is a, a route to do that, and there's lots of managers, experienced guys out there that want to to give new managers a bit of a a good deal, sort of a, an easy entry into the platform, mutually beneficial for for both sides, but. Obviously, there's deals that can be done there, so it was, it was good to see that side of things.
1: So this last week, we saw an interesting game on the platform called the Surreal Managers World Cup 2020. Uh, I know, I mean, who you're in the same team, and I saw that Mark, your team's like a forest side of who's who of surreal managers.
2: Well, I think uh, I think first and foremost, this format is is a fantastic concept, and a Clip who. Uh, has uh, put together the groundwork for all of this and did a, a great draw yesterday live for us all to see you know who we'd be playing and our potential route through to the later stages i think it's a fascinating concept which has got you know a whole channel ignited it seems to have really sparked a lot of interest with managers from from all over the world so uh um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm one that actually really despises international football and can't wait for you know weeks like this to finish up so we can get back to uh, normal club football at the weekend again. But uh, yeah, uh, it motivated me and a couple of others to put together a you know little team called Luxembourg, and I think <laughs> we might be entertaining one of you, well, maybe both of you, in the next round if you can sneak past your first opponents. Oh, really? Uh... There'll
0: be no sneaking past. <laughs> we're, we're confident. I think so. To be fair, at this week I've been very busy, so I've not had an awful lot of time to to look into the details. But we've got Tom and, and Buzz and Paul in the side, so they have been doing that. They're they're all over this. We've got a, a clear game plan. So yeah, looking forward to that matchup.
2: Well, thanks so you don't slip at the first hurdle. I'd hate to see that. We'll there's sure. always
0: that, there's always that there's always that chance. We'll, we need to see what happens. But yeah, I think it's it's just really ex- exciting having that extra game element. You know, so you're going to be entering these teams as you would anyway on that weekly basis, but then to have an off-site competition like this that involves a large proportion of the community, and as you said, managers from from all over the world competing in, in teams of four. Um, as a As a nation, so we're scotland there's there's various others out there who have taken a, a nation as as their home team and we'll yeah we'll, we'll see how we get on but I think it's it's going to be a, a a really exciting new element to to the platform and there's there's lots of other things that we can do like this as, as it develops so the more people we have involved, the more ideas we have and the more fun we can have.
1: Yeah, I, I really like this concept of like squad battles. It's, it's, it's yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. And fair play Clips for putting it together. He's um, done an amazing job on the Discord.
2: Yeah, it's all-inclusive as well. And I, I think, you know, it's... And, and it will help, I think, show that there isn't that much difference between any of the managers in Division 4. I mean, anyone can win Division 4 on their day. Uh, and this just... Gives a little bit more edge to the the weekly um, SO5 tournaments that we'll be playing against everyone anyway, but within that, it's a, it's a it's a competition within a competition. You know, look, I'm I'm an old timer, but on the other side of the coin, I've only got five common cards that I can choose to pick my Division Four teams. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of I would say managers that have joined within the last three to six months that. Have got you know, more than enough rare cards that they can choose from, plus maybe a better combination of uh, common cards. This is not me looking for excuses already. Um, and so, again, when you do pair off teams that maybe have, you know, newer to the game versus teams that uh, have got more established managers, you know, I think maybe the the multipliers in in these games could come into in, into effect too. And so, um, yeah, I mean. Going back to the results from last week, my uh, Division 4, I finished three hundred and seventy-six. So if anyone played me last week, the chances are they would have got a point for their nation and uh, I would be uh, the embarrassment of Luxembourg.
0: I think even I came ahead of you there. So, yeah, that's that's good to hear. I like that.
1: So we come to the part of the podcast now where we take questions from the community, from the Discord and off Twitter. Um, the first question is from EBR777. I'm trying to make the transition from rare cards to super rare cards. If you could do it all again, who would you target as your first or second super rares?
0: That's a, an interesting question. So, you get I get quite a lot of questions around that. How do I, I move up a, a division? And I'm still trying to piece together that myself, I suppose. But I suppose what, what I would normally suggest to managers is to focus on where their strengths are, but also focus on the what cards they already have in that collection. So if you were looking to target your, your first one or two super rares, then you might want to look at what strong rares you have already in the collection that are going to complement them, that, that are going to allow you to build up that 66 cap entry team into Division Three. So that that's probably what I'd look at. Do you have a bunch of really strong MLS, Asian, European challenger? Whatever area you, you've got, uh, either a, a knowledge on or, or, or the existing collection for, I would focus on that first. Um, that gives you an instant ability to start competing in Division Three with the, the least amount of effort. Just adding that one or one or two new cards into the collection there. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't. There's not necessarily a player or or any specific teams. I, I would say to focus on it's about what fits your style and your current collection and your knowledge within the game what are you going to be able to to do best with those two cards
2: what about you guys what would you say um yes i think i would agree entirely with what you said um and again just perhaps one extra layer would be looking at the tournaments so whilst you know but i think that goes hand in hand with exactly what you've said it's you know identifying which tournament you feel as though your first steps into the super rare world will allow you to target whether that's you know all-star and you want to pick a, a very rounded team or whether you want to specialize in a particular region or an under 23 and then you know build build towards that tournament with exactly the criteria that you laid out there I mean it was interesting that the question if you could start out again I mean as someone that started in 2019 you know and I don't and I don't want any Player names to be, you know, of influencing people to rush out to the market and buy it. Um, but these are uh, uh, cult heroes within the game, anyway. I think everybody knows that if you started in February 2019 and bought a super rare Hans vanaken and a super rare Embakani, M- uh, you might be on the beach by now sipping piña coladas. So, the, fortunately, you know, 18 months on, we've got so much more depth in the whole database that you know, whilst Embakani and vanaken are still very good. Um, there's so many equivalents now that you can battle against those with, but back then, you know, you probably didn't have that many other SR cards that could uh, really compete if those cards went off. So, uh, uh, if, if if I'm taking the question literally, then my answer would be Vanac and an But I think you've you've put together you know the perfect generic answer there.
0: Cool. And so we've got a, another question in from from Gimli. In your head. What will Surreal look like in one to two years from a gaming audience perspective?
2: Um, is that one for me? I think there's a few on this line. I see. I think the Drifters come in with what will Surreal look like in 2025, and you know Smithy is part of his question. Where do you see Surreal in a year's time? Um, all great questions, and it's, it's very difficult to give any sort of accurate answer because the growth that we've seen in the last 18 months has just been astronomical, and if they keep making small incremental improvements on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis, you know, the platform really could be anywhere in a year from now. Um, I think the things that we can probably visualise a lot easier are things like how many more clubs will we have on board, how many managers could be playing the game. Uh, so I think if if we use those as sort of like benchmarks, you know, we've got 100 clubs now on the platform under licence, you know, over the course of the season, I'd like to think that we'll see at least two, if not three, main leagues added to the platform. So if we take 20 clubs on average from each of those, that's another 50, 60 clubs. Uh, I think there'll be other clubs uh, that they'll be picking up in advance of signing on four leagues. So I, I, can, I can see
1: another 100 clubs, for example, uh, in, in 12 months' time. Um, apart, from, apart from Liverpool, Mark, what would you like to see on the platform? Or is there one club that you really, really want to see on the platform?
2: Um, I don't even think there is a one particular team. I think that each one has an, a, a ripple down effect. I mean, I think things like more in Germany would be interesting to start. We've got Schalke and Leverkusen, which are two great teams to get started. But I think everybody wants to see Dortmund and the youngsters that they've got. Bayern Munich will be you know, monstrous as well to get them on board. And I think, again, if you look at Spain, great start with Atletico, Valencia, Betis, but who wouldn't want to see Barcelona and Real Madrid? So I think if, as long as they keep making these step-up in, in all of the division, in all the leagues, they've got a, a starting point in. Um, would it be nice to see Liverpool? Yeah, it'd be nice to see Liverpool, perhaps after a period of time where prices come down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, any, any big team is going to add more interest and more people talking about it, and then if they do get any of the, the the next big ten or twenty clubs that join, it's just going to make uh, the other ones uh, easier to to follow on. So uh, look, I think we've had PSG, which has been great. Uh, there are rumours of other big ones in the pipeline. So keep them coming, and then I say um, that they'll keep attracting more. What about you?
1: Um, I think that uh, if what what club I'd like to see, it probably be Dortmund. Yeah, I think they're some really exciting players.
0: That's what I would suggest, yeah. mention that, that Haaland card, it'd be up there with the, the Mbappe, wouldn't it? Sancho, of
1: course. Sancho, God, yeah. that'd be, what
2: a it's, card that this
1: that, was. That's just going to go crazy, well, so... Well, what about Emery Chen? I mean, to, to be fair, I bet he ain't bad on the Matrix, actually, because he he likes to recycle the ball, doesn't he? So I bet he ain't bad. I have a head kick against Watford, don't forget that one. I've got be watching that game. <laughs>
0: I think this as you said, Mark. There's, we've already had that confirmation. that There are lots of teams coming. So we've talked about there. There've been dozens, imminently coming over the, the next twelve months. I think you're right. A hundred additional teams coming on board. Um, it's probably not far off at all. And we've got the, the Ask Me Anything coming up. So this is something that Nicholas and the guys have. Agreed to start doing on a, a quarterly basis, so that's really exciting because it gives us the, the ability to ask these questions and, and maybe get a, a bit more detail rather than our own speculation. So that's going to be on Wednesday um, at one, one o'clock, the fourteenth of October. There, so you've got plenty of time to get some questions that you want the, the guys to answer in there. So get onto the Discord, it's in the announcement section and you can submit your questions and also upvote the questions that have already been asked. So the top 15 questions will be answered in the initial segment, and then there'll be a, a another open segment there for, for managers to come on and, and ask Nicholas and the guys anything. So, yeah, really exciting to see that. I'm sure there'll be lots of, of new information that comes out.
1: I just think what a time for the platform. It's It's just... It just seems to be really taking off.
2: I think also another way to answer the question could be to look at it from a new user's point of view. Um, And I think, again, I haven't been through that process of signing up um, because it doesn't apply to me. But every time I speak to someone, it looks as something new is happening, a new tutorial, a new draft system. And I think all these little things that will allow... The first time viewer, you know, who might hear of Sorare from you know, a variety of different sources, they go to the Sorare website for the very first time. I think it certainly looks to the parts. Then they sign up the register and then they're faced with whatever splash screen comes up first. I think in 12 months from now, that journey for a new user will be as slick as it can possibly be, because I know that that is the, the one key area that is is always, you know, the highest uh, or towards the very top of their uh, agenda is making sure that onboarding experience allows for people to come on and play the game for free, try the different parts of the uh, gaming arena and you know, experience the things that we would experience even though we're paying customers uh, so that there's a chance uh, that that person that's playing the game for free will at some point go, you know what, this is the real deal. I'm going to convert now and I'm going to become paying customer so uh i think you know when you say what will surreal look like in one or two years i think we'll have a more defined uh casual uh free to play option which might include you know all the cards we see and play with today that we have paid for i don't know you know how that will transition to the pay to play model but i think we'll have a smoother onboarding through to you know the very top competitions where you know people are spending thousands and thousands of, of pounds euros and dollars to compete in
0: definitely and it's it's clear that that is one of the major focuses and um, from the team so i'm sure there'll be lots of developments in that space and she said every every couple of weeks there seems to be something new added and you know, just a, an extra shine added to the, the platform so long may that continue and i think we're we're still going to see that for an awful long time. I actually the other day there, um, I looked at how many managers were on the platform, so using Surer data to look at how many cards were were held by individual users. So about four and a half months ago 999 owners had had one or more blockchain cards. Fast forward to, to three days ago, and that was 2002. So we've seen a a doubling of the managers on, on board with one or more cards, um, and that number got higher at some of the upper levels so're we 're seeing that people are finding this platform and quite quickly starting to to add serious numbers to their collection so the owners of a hundred or more cards went from fifty eight to one hundred and fifty five in that same period, so quite a lot of people have taken the The quick steps to to build up that that collection quite fast, Um, and I think that probably takes us on to to one of the other questions that we had in, and this one's from Brian, one of the the admins um, on Surreir. So he asks, "What was your aha moment,
2: and and why?" You want to say that first, Mark. Yeah, I can do. What was my aha moment? I think my aha moment was a long, long time ago. This is probably back in yeah February, March, just after the platform got together. And, you know, there were guys, I think I mentioned some of the guys that uh, joined, that were part of the beta with myself. And when we first started to sell the cards, and there were only 30 of us, and realistically, there were probably only half of those, which were using wallets at the time and, and making bids and it was just the uh, just witnessing the pe- the fact that people were going to get behind this whole concept so even if it was only back then a 0.01 point0 one eighth initial bid and then we saw certain cards go a little bit higher a little bit higher and I think the aha moment was when you start seeing someone that is has you've, you've got to know that's told you in private that they are not someone that follows football, which is incredible in my eyes. And they're prepared to spend two, three, four, five ETH on random Jupiter League football cards, digital football cards. And that that to me was, that blew my mind. It's like, okay, I don't mind having to dabble in this. And, you know, I'm very uh, happy to get behind it 100%. But then you could see how seriously people were taking it without, you know, the same passion that maybe you and I have towards the sport of football. These are people that you know maybe have done very well in other crypto-based uh, games or coins in the past. But yeah, within within a very short space of time, people were just spending money as they are today with a lot less parameters than than, than we've got to work with. So that that for me was my boom moment.
0: I think this is quite a, a difficult question for me. Um, I find it hard to maybe pinpoint. That one individual thing. I think there's been so there's so many parts of the platform. That you know to
1: what, me. mate? I think I, I, I know when yours was. I, I know when it was. <laughs> you know, when. Because, because you messaged me. You messaged me about getting Ryan and I think it was for like 75 quid. And he was selling for like for about three, four times that. And that's that's when you messaged me about it.
0: So I think so. Yeah, yeah. So probably what I was going to go into that, that there are lots of different routes. So there, you've got that ability to pick up a young star that you value, and maybe you can see the the value in, and for them, to then become quite quickly m- more valuable in the marketplace. That that's exciting to see, um, definitely. And I think that's what will draw in certain aspects of. of of managers. I think the probably the big thing's got to be the scale of this thing. So the fact that it is global, the fact that I can pick up players in all these different leagues where I've maybe played with these, these guys on Football Manager in the past, being able to yeah to, to pick up those un- undervalued guys under under the radar or those f- next future stars that's that's for me um, the excitement and the fact that we're getting more and more clubs on every week, just about we've got more and more opportunities to do this so I'm, I'm seeing each and every team coming on. there's players there that, that I know I like to, to watch and I, I want to own, and the scarcity off these cars, the fact that there is only a limited supply. Um, there is almost an element of getting on to, to those guys early. We've seen what happened when some of the, the PSG players came on, Mbappe and Neymar. There was a, a bit of a, a mad rush to, to buy these in those early days. And the same would have happened with Ju- Juventus and, and some of the other clubs on boarding there. So that's exciting. Um, I think there's just so many... Pieces of of the platform that appeal to me, um, seeing Ubisoft Labs being being involved, seeing the the great work that the the team are actually doing in in developing it, how active they are in in the community, trying to get feedback, doing things like this, these Ask Me Anything sessions, um, and seeing the content, the passion from people in the community. So we've talked about Adult Yacht um, doing. Various streams. There's there's there's, Quenny, there's lots of other guys out there who are, are putting out content, and it's because they're passionate about this. And you see that, and you, you see the you can see the potential in the platform. If so many users are coming onto this and so quickly feeling the excitement of it, uh, I think that will only build. So yeah, there's all these little pieces for me. Add to to, to what the, this platform is. I don't think there's that that one thing that drew me in. Maybe it was that Cherokee, as you as you say.
1: Um, well, that's what drew me in
0: seeing that price. And I know that that would. So um, I think I got him ridiculously cheap. In all honesty, I think I could could sell him for for many multiples of of what I picked him up for, both the the rare and the uh, the super rares there. So. Yeah, that, that's that's nice, but that that won't happen on every single um, trade, and and that's not what every single card pickup is, is necessarily about. So I'm picking up guys to compete more so than um, than just for for that factor. But yeah, so much to this.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, like I've just alluded to there, you messaged me about the platform and uh, the reason that I'm on here. Um, I wasn't really interested at first. I'll be honest. Though. I was just like, well, "This is a bit. I don't get it." I'll be. I will just like, "I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know why you messaged me. I don't understand it. Like, what is going on?" And then I just I thought, "Sorry, I'll just buy some cards. Let's see what happens." And that's when it. When I realised that it was the global thing that did it for me, it was. It was the how many teams are on the world I'm going to get to play with. It just, obviously, people who follow me know I'm an avid uh, Fantasy Premier League player. Pretty handy, you know, I'm not special, but I- I'm pretty decent. Uh, but the ability to play fantasy football with any player in the world, potentially, when when this, when this platform like, realises its potential, is something that really excites me. And I'm—I mean, I haven't won a competition yet. I've had a couple of second places, but I'm a pretty competitive guy. And once, once I've done a bit more research, I think, like in the leagues that I'm—I'm—I'm competitive in, I'm—I'm really excited about where this platform's going and what's going on. And and it's just the scale of it is just—it's unbelievable.
2: It's very nice to hear both of your viewpoints as as managers that have joined. Uh, well I'd say a lot more recently three or four months is a lifetime on this platform and it's also interesting that none of us referred to uh, the actual ownership of these cards I mean some of the things that I you know still enjoy from time to time uh, you know some Panini albums from back in the 80s I used to click when I was a kid going to school and what I think we perhaps all haven't given enough consideration to is that we're building up these digital scrapbooks of, of cards that you've mentioned Cherky there. You know, if he goes on to have a fantastic career over the next 12, 15, 18 years, you know, and you've got a first edition or a card from his very first season, you know, there was a Ronaldo card from his time at sporting, which sold for a ridiculous amount the other week, a physical card. And I don't know if they're, you know, what we're doing in the digital world will truly convert over to what's happening in the physical world but there is a chance again when the dust settles in 10 15 20 years and we look back at some i already look back at some of my 2018 19 cards and think you know these are cards i don't want to don't want to part with they have you know probably very little utility value in, in tournaments right now but you know they they form part of the fabric of my collection which started with me you know 18 months ago and I think there are lots of things that Sorare can and will go on to do with, you know, the customization of these cards. You know, there's, there's things that can be done with NFTs that will make these even more personal to us. And we've all referenced um, enjoyments of playing fantasy football with cards from different countries. You know, you start compounding that when it actually becomes your team and players that you support on a week to week basis and you take that ownership to a very, very different level, then you compound in the scarcity, and then you compound in the utility as well. Yeah, I think we really are still only scratching the surface. I mean, most cards you can still go out and negotiate and buy off someone. Um, But at some point, you know, you're going to go around knocking for, you know, people go around knocking for an Oblak card, or people go knocking for, you know, now Neymar and Mbappe. And you're going to have to offer some serious money for someone to, you know, say, no, I'm, I'm... I'm not. I'm not going to pry. Not going to. Not going to let you have this one. I'm afraid. I, I've. I've done my research. I've bought it, and it's mine now. And so when you when your team hits the platform, then you know, yeah, you're going to have to start scampering around and finding some capital because I think people are people are going to go nuts, and it's only going to it's only going to escalate.
0: That's it. I, I'm. I'm sure I'll be buying, Hibernian players when they come on regardless of their utility value. It'll be a a sentimental thing. Um, For for me, the first ever digital Hibernian cards, um, fingers crossed that that's sometime in the the near future. But yeah, I think others will will do the same. You referenced these people who are on here, maybe not with the... biggest football background or our true passion for it, but they can see that there's other opportunities there. So we see cards that maybe have had a, a misprint or, or cards that, that match the, the, the series and the, the shirt number, um, the the one out of 10 series, those kind of things, fetching premiums. And I think as this develops, as we go through more years and more iterations of, of these players, that kind of thing comes more into play, um, so yeah, really exciting.
1: I, I actually really like the look of the twenty eighteen cards. I've got I've got a Mor- a Morioka from twenty eighteen, and uh, I just think they look so different. Like, I actually prefer them than uh, the new cards look slick. Don't get me wrong, but I just I just like the, the old cards.
2: Yeah, and then people and this will play into you know people's decision making moving forward. Uh, and there's where, definitely a
0: mix there. I think I've had conversations with others who are the complete opposite. Actually, chef, um, who are, are thinking should I sell my old card for the new one because they like it better not because it gives them any more utility they just they like the they do look
1: slick they do look slick the new card and it'll work
0: both ways won't it so there'll, there'll be those who prefer the older styles and I think maybe an attachment comes to that as well
1: yeah definitely I won't be selling Morioka anytime soon anyway Right, shall we
2: move on to another question from the community? This one's from uh, Buzzing Paul. The SO5 reward system forms a crucial part of Card's utility. What improvements could be made to the current system to make it more efficient and economical?
0: Yeah, so I, I think that's a, an interesting question. And obviously we've seen that there, there has been a new iteration for, for rewards there. So the, we've seen that there's going to be a higher Element of Ethereum paid out, so so more cash value prizes, but a, a clearer um, direction from the team in terms of, of what cards are, are going to be put out. There's going to be some some tweaks based on some great um, community feedback. So we're hopefully going to see less cards that have uh, players carrying injuries and giving out as rewards and seeing more more value um, as re- reflected by. How the the community value players rather than purely from a a financial or a previous sale point um, perspective. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how how that plays out, how, how how that changes the rewards and payouts over the coming weeks. But with anything, the team seem to be on the ball with monitoring and adapting as they they need to. So. The ecosystem in the game is, you know, one of the most important parts. That getting the balance right and how we give out rewards, so that com- competing is enticing enough, and there there is that desire to do so because you're you're going to get these nice shiny rewards and also maybe some Ethereum there as a as a bonus. But it needs to be done at a level where it doesn't devalue existing holes. It doesn't take away from the other parts of the market so the the auction system and the the secondary market so yeah it's one that there's there's going to be regular tweaks i believe over over the coming months and years as we develop as we grow there's got to be that balance of the the amount of cards in circulation the amount of cards that are being given out as prizes alongside how many new users are, are joining so that is a a very delicate balance and something that the team will be looking at. For for me, how do we we make it more efficient, economical? Um, I don't think that's for for me to say. I think that is something I don't have the the data to see that. I think that's something that the team need to to look at. And I think as part of the the Ask Me Anything sessions, as part of the, the ongoing feedback loops that we have, I think we will get the information as to why decisions are, are being made why why these these changes um, get made over time so yeah for, for me it's just monitoring that taking on board that feedback and um, but i'm quite excited to see what that new iteration looks like and see if we if we get some more i'd be quite happy to get some more ethereum in prizes allows me to, to do some deals on the secondary market what about you guys
2: for me uh, I think you've, you've covered um, all the major points there I don't envy the team's position because it's it's it's, it's a constant moving target um, you know I think to date we've all enjoyed you know a fairly strong way of being rewarded uh, they've been very generous with the card distribution uh, it's been very clear you know yeah there'll be there's a few anomalies along the way but I think as long as you approach the prize system where you know you know, sensible expectations, um you know, by and large, the cards are, you know, falling into the right categories. Yeah, okay, I should have got this one, I should have got that one, I could have had this, if I could have had that. You know, there's always going to be that. And, you know, we're getting to the stage where we've got cards in the mix from different uh, countries, different seasons, they've got different finishing dates. I mean, right now, for example, if you won tomorrow, you know, an amazing card from Korea, well, you've probably only got one or two games that you can use that person in from here on. Is that better than winning a mediocre card from, you know, Europe, but that card's got utility all the way through till May? You know, people are always going to value cards very, very differently. And so to create a system where everyone's going to be happy with what they're going to get is is impossible. So as long as they are listening to the community, which they are, and as long as they're, you know, taking out things like long-term injured players, which I think is a great start. Uh, um, you know, I think there's there's not really much more they can do. You know, there has to be a random element to it, in my opinion. I, I, I prefer the random element to it than, the, oh, I know I'm definitely going to get this for finishing there or definitely this for finishing there. The inclusion of more ETH will take pressure off, as you've said. Um, distributing fires out too quickly earlier on in the season. And hopefully, you know, there's, there's been plenty of people that said, oh, I'd play more or I'd spend more if there was more ETH prizes. Well, we're going to get to see if those people uh, are true to their word. And uh, we'll hopefully get some more competition from those that like to just play for for, for ETH rewards.
0: That's it, yeah. So definitely very positive. Um, I think you touched on something there that maybe comes into what the the next question. So around how you value players, how how do we actually value players and, and that will be different for for everyone won't it and so what somebody perceives as a a really valuable reward might not be the first choice for for someone else and that'll come down to to maybe how they play the game so i've got a question from reedy around what's more valuable a solid dependable super rare or an inconsistent in and out the team unique what are your, your thoughts so for, actually let me let me jump onto that so for, I think for, for me so I don't have a an in and out of the team unique I don't have any uniques at the moment but I've thought about this recently so we know the Mbappe unique is, is going to be coming up at some stage I was thinking you know if I could, if I could make £30,000 available to, to get myself in the mix for, for, for that auction would I and at the moment I don't have enough other players to surround him with to make an immediate return. I don't have the the squad to actually use him as competitively as I would like to. So for me, getting a, a couple of dependable super rares in would actually enhance my current output quite well. Um, so yeah, for, for, for me, getting some dependable SRs that, that could actually complement my existing holds would be the, the more valuable option for me because it gives me that ability to compete and win some prizes um, as a, an individual item to trade. Potentially the, the unique um, depends on, on that player and, and what that future demand is though. But yeah, for me, I would always focus on trying to get that utility first and foremost.
2: Um, I'll give a vote to the in and out of the team unique um, for a couple of reasons. I think solid, dependable SRs are nice. And this is not me speaking from perspective of I've got SRs, I've got uniques. This is a you know, blank canvas. Um, I think if you start looking at the way that the competitions are, or sorry, the tournaments are won and lost, having cards which have the ability to really hit high scores is what you need and i think this was picked up on a stream earlier and another conversation i had you know if you've got a team of steady eddies yeah that's nice uh you might end up getting some you know prizes towards the mid fifth eighth tenth you know 15th depending on how far down they reward. but are you going to win first place with a team of steady eddies probably not are you going to win a uh, competition with a team of players that you know could be you know mavericks and shoot the lights out one week and then do absolutely nothing the week after. Probably yes. So I would all you know, regardless of the scarcity here, I would be looking to build up more cards that had a chance of either getting 80, 90, 100 points, or waking up the next morning and finding out they didn't play or scored twenty-five. Over building up a team of people that I knew were going to get fifty to sixty, you know, the majority of the time. And also, you've said it from a valuation point of view, and it's amazing. I watch the unique market, you know, all the time, you know, and it's, it's fascinating to see you could have uniques on the market for, you know, low prices, one and a half, two, two and a half EF, let's pick, you know, really low price. And they might not budge because people will just look straight away at the uh, previous five scores and they'll see DMP, 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 right, not touching him. That person comes back off an injury or starts to get in the team again and gets two or three scores. And we've had scenarios like this of cards, and I've owned these in 2019, you know, and, it's, and I don't think it's it's not going to make any difference whether I mention their names or not. Collins Fay, for example, and Simon Drickelrod. I think that's how you pronounce it. So you've got some random uh, defender, fullback from Standard Liège, and... Uh, left wing, left midfielder, left left back from Antwerp, and these cards have done the rounds amongst unique managers, and uh, you know they can be, they can and have been bought for anything between one and two ETH. And all of a sudden, they get back in the team, have three or four good performances, you can dangle them on the market four, five, six ETH, and it's just amazing because you'll get managers that join. At different times, and someone that hasn't seen the, the full history of that particular player or card can go onto the market on any given day and go, Wow, that does look like a four ETH card. And then, you know, two months later, that guy would be out of favor again, or be injured, or be off the team, or be transferred, and boom, that card goes back down to being a one or one and a half ETH card at best. So I think the perception of the uniques and the, the range, the value of, uh, that they can uh, be seen to be worth or not worth to me, makes it going for, you know, if you can pick up an inconsistent or, you know, unique at the lowest end of the market, it sometimes doesn't matter who it is. You can just bide your time, wait for that moment where they, you know, get back in the team, get a transfer team to a team where they start playing again. And I think unless they retire or go to Saudi Arabia, there's always good money to be earned on on the uniques. On the solid dependable SRs, Everybody would like a few of them in their squad, but I think at the time people are going to realise these aren't the ones that are going to make the difference between me winning and losing each week. I need to go for players that are going to get me eighty plus points. And I get that. That that makes
0: perfect sense. I think one thing to obviously call out is there there will be people we can't. Assume everyone is going to be in the position to, to be able to compete in the unique market. And I know you talked about there; there's opportunities to pick up some uh, a fair, a really reasonable price, but that still may be out of a lot of users' um, budget range there, and they they may not want to to simply buy a player to 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 hold um, for a, a period of time. They might want to. You know, there's going to be lots of users who will want to compete within this market for under one ETH. So they're they're not really going to be able to to compete and actually play the game um using uniques. So I suppose that's maybe what more where my answer came from is how to get utility from from that player um, and add to your existing collection. But yeah.
1: I think but that just shows the points. flexibility of the platform really with the variety in both your answers.
0: Definitely, and there's so many ways to play it, and for for different budgets and different styles styles of play. Different, not everyone has hours and hours each week to to put into studying fixtures and form. And other people want to to be able to to buy their cards and enter them fairly standard on a on a weekly basis. Pick the the players they trust, they know put a good collection together and just enter that. So there's going to be lots of different techniques, isn't there? So,
2: yeah. Right. I think that uh, pretty much covers the, the questions that we got uh, asked on Discord and Twitter this week. So thanks to everyone for submitting it. There was a suggestion from surface to Air Missile uh, who suggested you'd like to see a fun segment of the week idea. Pick a random player in the top 100 analyse the player and talk about the player in the context of both global football and Sorare. So, yeah, we like this idea. And I think given that there's uh, a Sorare AMA coming up tomorrow, perhaps next week, uh, the three of us will be able to uh, start that new segment. And so what we'll do after this is we'll post up on Discord and Twitter some of our Short list of players that we uh, feel confident about uh, discussing a bit more, and then we'll allow you guys to upvote uh, so that uh, yeah we can uh, start to uh, kick off this section next week. So uh, yeah, we'll pick some uh, players that uh, are quite prominent in the uh, tournaments, recent tournaments that have done well for for different managers and helped them win prizes, and uh, we'll all give you our uh, analysis of those uh, next week.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that. That should be quite interesting. To see who. We all yeah, see who the, the guys want us to review and, and what we think about them. I'm sure we'll have different viewpoints on, on different players there. But, yeah.
2: I'm just happy that Chef has already volunteered to take all of the players from the K League. So uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm
0: I'm skipping those for sure.
2: Bagsy Bagsy Europe. Thank you very much.
1: Uh oh, man. I don't man.
0: You're gonna have to. Otherwise well... I'll have I'll have Wikipedia up or something
1: have to I'll, I'll, yeah that's fine I can sit the J-League and the K-League it's fine
2: you got the best pronunciation as well so <laughs> don't know about that <laughs> yeah, that's it
0: so guys thank you as always that brings us to the end of today's Surrear Global Fantasy Football Podcast I hope you found it useful as always if you could like subscribe and leave a review then we can help introduce the fantastic concept of Surrear to new users if you haven't already joined then grab yourself 10 free cards to get going by using one of the referral links in our profiles. See you next time.